Hello. Hello. <laughs> long time no see. <laughs> I know. It's been too long. I'm sorry. I'm like a busy okay. little bee. I know. You're a busy girl. I know. It's exhausting. You've got your hand in all kinds of ventures. Um, too many. That's exciting, but yeah, stressful. Yeah, like... So we're starting, we just started a new show. We're in rehearsals for that. Our props master quit. So they were like, hey. And I was like, all right. So now I'm doing <laughs> that. I'm making a sign for the set and still doing Tasteify, still being a mom. Yeah, it's a lot. Aren't you glad I fired you? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Although sometimes I, I still need to finish those last few things because I do want to, but then I'm like, I just don't have the time yet. <laughs> just thank God bless, but it all worked out, I guess. Yes, it did. It was more of a favor than you thought, so I hope all your guilt is cool. yeah. subsided. I'm feeling less guilty now. Okay. So I know you're not on TikTok very often. Maybe not at all. I don't know. Um, but there is a new controversy. Have you seen about this girl who faked? <laughs> okay, she is a makeup guru or whatever, and... She's like testing out this L'Oreal mascara and she like puts it on. She's like, oh my gosh, she has a Boston accent, but I'm not going to butcher a Boston accent. And she, the video cuts and she has a fake eyelash on her eye. Like it's very obvious. And she's saying it's the mas- this L'Oreal mascara. Okay. Okay. People are reading this girl to filth. They're like calling her out about it. I feel really bad because it's like pretty much adult bullying, but... She's been caught in some lies before. Okay. So, um, I just didn't know if you saw all this drama. I did not see all this drama. the makeup community. You know, I feel like there are a lot of trolls on the internet, but if you're out here lying left and right, like, you should be called out. <laughs> and the thing is, is she was supposed to, you're supposed to, when you have, like, a sponsorship, you're supposed to, like, let it be known that this is a sponsorship. And she put it on the video for, like, a second. It said, sponsor. Like flash sponsor oh, or sponsorship or advertisement or something, and then she, which okay, this is the thing. Going to school for entertainment industry studies, I've learned that everything is a publicity stunt mm. or you know there's something behind the scenes. Is it so crazy to think that L'Oreal said do this because I feel like this girl is at the point where any publicity is good publicity, even if it's bad. And so I feel like, what if she faked it to cause all this stir Mm -hmm. so everybody would go and try this L'Oreal mascara? Because now it's the thing to go try it and to prove her wrong, da-da-da. Hey. And then Jeffree Star, he's one, like this makeup guru. Oh, oh, I know Jeffree Star. Yeah, he came out of retirement so he could prove this girl wrong, da-da-da. Oh my gosh. I love Jeffree Star, though. (laughs) I may get a lot of hate for that, but I do. No, there's parts of, I think I love his honesty and stuff, but he's just a little crass for me, but no, well, it's just this. That's fair. Am I not too <laughs> crass for you, Whitney? You're, you're right on the borderline, baby. <laughs> oh, thank God I made it. I made it, mom. <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, that was, I just saw that drama and I was like, we have to talk about this because I literally can't go through my TikTok without seeing something about it. Oh my gosh, really? It's that big? Well, you follow all these makeup yeah. people. I don't. But I think it's like even, I don't know, maybe it is just me, but. You're going to have to send me that video because that sounds funny and entertaining for sure. Girl, it's like my blonde lashes that are non-existent 
that's what it looks like with just the mascara on. <laughs> and then, then the camera cuts and she's got this like huge Demi wisp flash. Stop. Oh my gosh. She tried it. She tried. And then people say her accent isn't really real because she really, she's like, tot, like tart concealer. She goes, you're going to put the tot concealer on. We love it. I can't do accents, but yeah. Wait, I may know this. I know I may know who you're talking about. What's her, her name? Michaela. Michaela Genuanaro or something like that. Yes, I think I do know who you're talking about. Does she have short brown hair? Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Yes, <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. I'm shocked. <laughs> Oh my lord! I I gotta I gotta go deep dive into that. No, I'm like so. My friend Abby, who um, she leads our like mom's uh, Christian group. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she is deep into this Alex Murdaugh murder trial. Oh yes, she yes. loves criminal justice and all this stuff, and so. Um, she is a stay-at-home mom, and while she's taking care of the kids, she, like, has this murder trial going on in her AirPods, and she gives, she, like, hops on Marco Polo, gives our little mom group the lowdown, <laughs> and I love every second of it. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, it's you, like, she should have a podcast. James chapter one, and then there's, like, murder yeah. podcast update. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She... <laughs> She's funny. I love Abby. But yeah, so I uh, I knew the name Alex Murdaugh, but, mm-hmm. and I may not, there's a lot of different ways people are saying it. Alec Murdaugh, Alex Murdoch, uh, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, different names, same getting okay, killer. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I Bunch knew of I, redheads, rich people. That's all. Yeah. In South Carolina, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I know nothing about the trial except for what she tells me, but um, I'm going to get deep into it because it sounds very fascinating. And I followed the entire Amber Johnny trial like from day one. Oh, my gosh. That was that was just last year. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. All I know about the Murdoch, Murdoch, whatever, is there's a lot of suspicion around the family. They kind of give me the Kennedy vibes like... Mm. One of their maids was killed mm-hmm. on their property. Yeah. The son killed a girl or like a girl died on his bow. Yes. And then See, I didn't know any two, of this. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. And then all There's of a sudden. And then my friend Rachel told me they're into jellyfish farms. Did you know there are jellyfish farms? Mm-hmm. Because that's going to be like that up and coming um, new kind of trend is like eating jellyfish i don't know which sounds do? gross to me but kind of like skin like it has to do something with beauty right really? or is you it think... just supposed to taste good i have no clue well now there's this new thing where you get your bur- I'm trying to think of what it's called it's this section of skin right here people are getting chopped off bird bird removal oh gosh like right here <laughs> Yeah, you're like, it's the fat part of your of everybody's cheeks right here. Why are they getting you that get chopped that off? Can people not leave themselves alone? <laughs> the thing is, is like, maybe it looks okay. But the older you get, the more you're going to look like, um, what's Cusco, Kronk? Who, who's the lady in that show? Kronk, pull the lever! 
Yeah, her name's like Yuzuma or Isma. Isma. Yeah, like yeah, Yuzuma. yeah. Yuzuma. She is my from Yuzuma. <laughs> I don't know. Cronks oh, is my well. like favorite Disney person. What is he? Disney? Pixar? I don't know. He's funny. It's Disney. Yeah. Well, well since we got a little <laughs> pop culture update. <laughs> Thank you for joining. We're going to talk. <laughs> We're going to talk about a very important lady today. Um, so if you've been to Nashville, you've probably seen this huge building in downtown Nashville. And hopefully you've been inside. But if not, there's this huge building right behind Broadway called the Ryman Auditorium. Uh, and it is... If not the top, it's one of the top, or it's one, it's part of the top venues in the South and the country now. But um, the Ryman was named after a man named Captain Thomas Ryman, and it would not become the legendary music venue it is today if it weren't for the trailblazing woman named Lula C. Naff. And Lula C. Naff was born, um, her name was Lula Clay, and she was born in Fall Branch, Tennessee in 1875 to George and Eliza Clay. Fall Branch is sort of on the outskirts, you could say, of Johnson City, which you've probably heard the song Johnson City, Tennessee by, what's those people's names? Oh, Old Crow Madison Show? Yeah, Wagon Wheel, yeah. Uh, Anyway, they sing about that Johnson City, Tennessee, and her father was a country hotel operator and circuit county clerk, so he was kind of big in the community. I don't know much about her mother, though. It didn't give me a lot about her, but uh, Lula took her education pretty seriously, and she was honored in high school for her reading ability, so we know not much about her, but we do know that she was, took her education very seriously. Her past doesn't really, there's not a lot about her, but she was married to a man named Charles Naff when she was 17 years old, and they ended up having a daughter named Lillian, um, but Lula would become widowed by the age of 25. So while caring for her infant daughter and being the caretaker for her ill mother, she also juggled going to business school, and she was a very determined woman because just three days after graduating, she landed a job as a stenographer. I always want to say stenographer, but it's yeah, stenographer. that's what I wanted to say, too. <laughs> um, she was a stenographer for a talent agency in Johnson City. If you don't know what a stenographer is, it is a person whose job is to transcribe speech in shorthand. And I saw a, I about said a vine, I saw a TikTok the other day. <laughs> where a woman was showing the stenography that she learned in high school because they used to have classes for it for women to become secretaries. And it's basically, there's like a symbol for each sound that a word that a word makes. So it's not like A, B, C, D, F, G. It's like if sh would have like a symbol. Interesting. So anyway, yeah. The talent agency was called the DeLong Rice Lysum Bureau. So Lula moved her way up to become the secretary at the bureau. And then in 1904, the bureau moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And Lula decided to pack up her daughter and herself and move along with the company east to Nashville. And Lula would end up getting promoted even higher, being named the operator of the agency. So she went from just being a stenographer to being the secretary to being the operator of the agency. So she was pretty much over the agency, I believe. So Lula worked for the Bureau 14 years, and she probably would have stayed longer if the company hadn't closed down in 1914. So um, 
that kind of stinks to put so many years into a company and then it flops. But, um, <laughs> however, when one door closed, Lula didn't wait too long for another one to open and she pried it open herself. So Lula decided to become an independent agent. And basically, that was her taking the acts that she had like gained rapport with at the bureau and booking them in um, a venue herself. And so she took a risk because she was aware of this religious venue in Nashville called the Ryman Auditorium. But she saw it as more than a religious venue. She saw it had more potential. And even though the space was intended primarily for religious worship, um, it would sometimes get leased out in order to pay the rent to different kinds of acts. So NAF took a risk and leased the space, seeing it as a prom space to book her acts from the Bureau. And I just want to make this reminder, this was during a time when women had no right to vote, that Lula was taking big risks in business and in the entertainment industry. Yeah, it's pretty ballsy and badass if you ask me. Uh, she even used the name L.C. Naff to avoid criticism and bias in a male-dominated industry. And being deep in that industry, I can tell you that it is still very male-dominant. So, uh-huh. yeah. <sighs> power to her, really. Lula famously asked the question, who wanted to hear Billy Sunday when they could see Mary Pickford for a dime? Though she knew that the traditional tabernacle offerings of preaching and revivals would only grow the company's revenue so far, so she pushed to borders to lure larger audiences to come downtown for shows, which is pretty smart. She, she was in marketing. She had her hands in everything. Lula feverishly sought the best talent. One of her first conquests was the world-renowned Irish tenor John McCormick in 1916. McCormick was a favorite of hers. However, his management required a $3,000 guarantee for him to appear. And uh, back in the day, that was like a lot of money. Actually, that's still a crap ton of money to me because I'm like perpetually broke. (laughs) Nowadays, the smallest guarantee I've seen is $15,000. And that's for an acoustic set. Acoustic only. Yowza. See, this is why I keep you around. You got the stats. You got the stats. (laughs) All right. Well, that's a lot of money. Um, So, yeah, they required a $3,000 guarantee for him to appear. So, let's say twenty grand today, mm-hmm. just to put it in perspective. Well, that didn't uh, Dieter. This says Dieter, and it reminds me of Peter, and that makes me giggle because I'm immature. Um, Is it debtor? <clears throat> huh? Is the word debtor? Like deter. Deter? Yeah. Oh, but- deter. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Sometimes I'm smart, and then sometimes I'm like, <laughs> Dieter. I don't know. I don't know why I'm acting like that. I would have said Dieter, too. I'm just. <laughs> that didn't Dieter I'm like, oh. <laughs> That didn't deter. <laughs> deter. <laughs> deter. That didn't deter Lula. It's rumored that she took a second mortgage out on her house. She never squashed that rumor and even started repeating the story because it was good for her brand. She was literally interviewed by a newspaper and she told that story. And it's just so funny for me to imagine this lady. Yeah, I took a second mortgage out on my house, especially if it's not true. You know, <laughs> yeah. she's funny. She's a funny lady. <laughs> Dieter. <laughs> <laughs> 
(laughs) Whatever she sacrificed, it proved to be worth it. She was victorious when the concert was a success and very profitable. They actually had to turn away almost 2,000 people, and they were lined all the way down to Broadway and then up to Church Street. So if you're from Nashville or been there, you're familiar. That's a long way. That's a good little couple blocks. She remembers this as her greatest attraction, and 20 years later, she brought him back. That's pretty cool. Over time, she gained quite the reputation as an agent and booked some of the biggest names in music, opera, theater, and entertainment. In 1920, the venue was taken over by the Ryman Auditorium Improvement Association, and she was appointed the general manager of the auditorium. Y'all, she was the first female general manager of the Ryman Auditorium. That is so amazing. She set the table for progress. They also absorbed the Ryman $6,000 in outstanding debt, as well as the $9,000 towards the much-needed improvements of heating, lighting, decorations, sanitation, and other means of making the building safe. Lula continued to turn heads by paying off their investment within only three years. Pretty awesome. Well, Lula served as manager for 35 years. Under her management, she expended the purpose of the venue by branching out to different kinds of entertainment, including boxing matches, political debates, and livestock auctions. Please do your auctioneer impersonation because it's my favorite. <laughs> so when I was younger, my dad thought it, we were always doing random stuff on the weekends, but he would take us to live auctions and they'd be like, you know who I think yeah. would make a fantastic auctioneer? I think you know exactly who I'm going to say. Does her name start with Morgan Corbett? It sure does. It just- <laughs> Listen, Morgan, the latest videos you've been putting out with some like truck tractor dude is so funny to me. <laughs> I think the character's name's Jack. Jack. Maybe John something. Let me let me let me put some respect on his name. One second. <laughs> and then we actually planned. <laughs> we actually planned. I'm going to see Morgan in. February, February, the weekend, February 20th. So I will be there. Oh my gosh. Maybe we can do a little podcasting. Let's figure out how to do that. Yes, yes, yes. Please, 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 please take all your stuff. Okay. And then you put out a video that said you were too embarrassed to. And girl, I got to say, I agree with your friend. If you're too embarrassed to put out a certain video, it must be pretty bad because you put out the funniest stuff. <laughs> Uh, the character is named Jack Kilgore. <laughs> it looks like my granddaddy, P.I. Ward. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> oh, my God. You cracked me up. Yes, we're definitely doing that. Y'all are going to love some cornbread. I swear. That's going to make for a funny show. Oh, yeah. Show. In 1943, Lula made history when she added the Grand Ole Opry show to the Ryman. The show sold out week after week and became the fifth home of the Opry for 31 years from 1943 to 1974. Yes. Wow. The circle at the Opry is from the Ryman stage. Now, let me put some rumors to bed. Okay. A lot of people like to ask. All of us Opry people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so, 
how do they do shows there if there's a big old giant <laughs> hole cut out of the stage? Okay, um, yeah, I would just like to point out that they did that in like what year 1975 uh so they've had a little bit of time to cover that hole okay they got they got to straddle it that's how we know they're real cowboys they got to put one leg on one side of the the hole and the other leg on the other and (laughs) then like they're riding a pony and then when their act is over they just jump up in the air get all (laughs) pencil straight and go (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> and then they fall and they there's a little slide under the stage it takes them right out to broadway <laughs> oh my god um also it was not even cut from the center of the stage it was cut from backstage left of the ryman um so get it right so get it right oh yeah oh yeah don't be asking stupid questions okay holy i know you're here to learn but don't ask stupid questions okay <laughs> Yeah, when you're my teacher- white chocolate mocha has really got me jazzed tonight. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. I I had my <laughs> Brookside dark chocolate acai pomegranate koji blueberry. What? <laughs> my fancy. I don't Cos- know what language you just said. My but fancy okay. Costco chocolate. Oh, it got me real jacked. Jack Kilgore, <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> Morgan's gonna die. <laughs> oh man this is funny okay um back to lula uh, oh yeah okay so lula constantly <laughs> leaned on the newspapers to advertise her shows each year she went to new york city y'all she traveled from nashville tennessee all the way up to new york city herself to lobby for shows i mean you, you may, some may call her a control freak, but I just say that's a woman who knows what she wants, all right? Knowing how to conduct mm-hmm. customer service, she also took care of her best customers by paying boys in the community to hold the guests' favorite seats inside of the house should they run late. I know a lot of people that could use that. I have a lot of friends that run late, and it kills me, but <laughs> that's all right. She famously battled the city's board of censors to have the play Tobacco Road shown at the Ryman. Now, this is really important because the city tried to ban the show and even tried to threaten to jail its lead actor for indecency. But Lula believed that the play had every right to be shown and took the board of censors to court. That's a really big deal. The day after the show went on sale, the judge ruled in her favor... Pretty astonishing in and of itself. The play went ahead and was successful. This set the huge precedent in favor of free speech for Nashville's art and music scenes. So thank you, Lula. She describes herself as an ardent Methodist and an unreconstructed rebel. Lula didn't believe in spending money on an expensive ticket rack when a hat box would do. She would carry the money made from ticket sales to the bank in a cigar box, and she claimed to only know t- own two dresses, an everyday dress and a black dress for Sundays, which still giggles. <laughs> uh, took, she took pride in correcting people on Methodism, which I assume is... The art of Methodist. I guess. Or the practice of Methodism. Yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Wouldn't allow talk of Abraham Lincoln in her presence. Absolutely not. (laughs) And did her best to spend as little time as possible on the phone. She sounds a lot like my late grandmother, Bonnie Gaines Fletcher. She's funny. 
Uh, she would rub people the wrong way and was known for being difficult. However, she got the building out of debt. She brought a powerful variety to the building state and defended the public's right to see whatever entertainment they desired. Her most unique attribute was her dedication. The Ryman was her whole world. She worked long hours, didn't take vacations, didn't spend money needlessly, and she would go above and beyond to ensure things went as well as possible. I relate, Lula. I relate. I go above and beyond <laughs> to make sure things in my show go as well as possible. Yeah. You tell me the things you do, and I'm like, you are a better woman than I. <laughs> I'm also, like, very much of an overachiever when it comes to things that I enjoy and creativity because I'm, mm -hmm. I love being creative. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a mama bear. You know, like, I take, I try to take real good care of my actors. And so, like, I'll get them an opening night gift. I'll just do what I can to make them feel comfortable Blah, blah, blah. I, I love that. Uh, this is a good contrast to me and Liz. So I have lived in my house for two years. Is that all? Like two years? Two years. I signed on the house two years ago. I still do not have curtains up. I still have not fully, fully decorated. And Liz moved into her place and it was fully decorated in a weekend probably. Are you stressed? Yeah. Are you a little Hold bit on, stressed? Let me come back to. <clears throat> no, every day, every day I wake up and there's sun shining into my eyeballs. I'm like, I gotta get some freaking curtains in here. I don't do it. I don't know what is wrong with me. Listen, Mama Rita, please go over to Whitney's house and help her <laughs> put up some dang curtains. All you gotta do, all you got, you don't, you don't even have to screw anything into the walls. You just buy command hook. Mm -hmm. like hook things you buy a curtain rod you slip those right into the hooks baby Bada okay. bing. Well, i'm gonna Bada i'm gonna bing. tell you so i'm gonna do it this weekend i'm gonna get this done this weekend no she's not <laughs> okay now now you're doubting me so i'm definitely gonna do it is that the secret is that yeah i gotta prove people wrong okay okay then yeah. everybody she is not doing it i promise there will not be pictures on social media to prove okay. it okay okay Okay. What color are you we'll not see. hanging? Uh, I don't know. I kind of just got a mixed match of things in here. <laughs> okay. Again, you're giving me anxiety. <laughs> Girl. I do. I, I, uh, I unpacked my I entire help. house and had decorations up, curtains up, everything in a week. I didn't even have everything unpacked until like a couple months ago. Oh, my God, Whitney. It's just, there was a lot going. I had two surgeries. Actually, I had three surgeries since I moved in. I just, oh, wasn't really okay. my priority. I can have, I could come up with a bunch of excuses, but I basically just don't want to do it. You know and what? Then, and actually... I'm the only one living here. <laughs> I got nobody to impress. You know what would make my heart so happy? Is uh -huh. if you let me come to Kentucky and I could decorate your entire house. Literally, uh, yes, that is what I want. I need. All right, you just have to watch Please. Billy. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds like heaven. 
Okay. You trust me with your child? Yes, um, I do trust you with my child. <laughs> no, I need help because I think I have pretty good style. Like, this is kind of where you come with your fashion. Like, you think you have good style, but you've said it before. You have good style, but you don't have the money for it? Or what Or what did you say before? Yeah, I don't have the money for it. I just have all my style up in my head. I know exactly what I would wear if I had the energy, mm-hmm. if I had the money, if I had the time. But I have none of those things. This is me. I know what I like and I know what I don't like, but I don't know how to achieve mm. what I like. Like, I can tell you, oh, I don't like that or I like that, but I just don't. I don't know. I know how to Anywho. achieve Anywho. I'll okay. come do it. We're gonna you. we're gonna work this out. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, Lula Naff retired at eighty years old in nineteen fifty five, and unfortunately passed away five years later in nineteen sixty. She was inducted into the Music City Walk of Fame in two thousand seventeen. And then the Ryman put in a restaurant bar expansion and named it after her, Cafe Lula. Despite all of her groundbreaking ideas and business acumen, she was still a woman in a man's world, triggered, and that was reflected in her measly pay, which she complained about for years. Not four years, but for years. The board, however, did give her an annual bonus based on the annual season profits, which I guess is better than the all-too-familiar pizza party twice a year. (laughs) Thank you, Target. She talked in her personal letters about how the board didn't necessarily take care of her as well as they should, which I am sure had something to do with the fact that she was a woman. But despite such hurdles, she continued, her perseverance and determination paved the way for other women. Now, I can say with certainty that the Ryman GM, previous to Gary Lovey, Sally Williams, took great pride in the fact that she was continuing Lula's legacy of a woman running Nashville's mother church. Lula's hard work isn't lost on people who continue in such roles today in Nashville. Her influence can still be felt in the diversity of acts that Ryman continues to house. Lula's whole philosophy was to bring in higher caliber talent and that would get people to come downtown and the Ryman has continued to follow suit. I personally have seen Foster the People, Lizzo, and Jack White and in May, no, April, we're seeing Allie and AJ, which is very exciting. What concerts have you seen at the Ryman, Whitney? I can never remember this. I've seen Loretta, I know, and I've seen Nick Jonas in the administration, which was Nick Jonas's first like solo venture. Mm-hmm. Because he wanted at one point, he always said that he was going to be the president of the United States. So his band name was Nick Jonas in the administration. Because oh, of, I never knew it that. It was really good. Yeah. But I can't think of anybody else I've seen there, honestly. Mm. I really wanted to see Paramore when they were there, but I was working. Me too. Wah, wah. Lula's unwavering love for the Ryman kept her going. She shamelessly promoted herself and the work that she did. In many instances, it was not unwarranted. Anything she could do for the betterment of her child, quote unquote, was what Lula did. And I think that's the real reason the building is still in existence. Lula's the one who started the trail. 
She led the way for a lot of Nashville women in the positions that they are in today on both the artist and the industry side. When you think about the part of time that she ran the Ryman, she didn't have the right to vote, like Whitney said, but she was booking what was easily the cultural epicenter of Nashville. If people wanted entertainment, they wanted to see it here. She was responsible for bringing all that entertainment to town. That's huge. And that makes her the ultimate trailblazer. I find it amazing that this woman had so much power in her hands. Like, to get a spot in in Nashville's biggest venue, you had to go through a, this little old woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wasn't always that old, that little old woman, but basically yeah. she was. And um, she never had a legit desk. She used an old kitchen table. All the years that she worked. Fun fact. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of off topic, but, oh, I wanted to say, I decided while we were talking about this, the next pet that I have, I'm going to name Lula. Perfect. In honor of her. Yeah. But um, I may be wrong here, but there's a certain company that gave um, a certain individual a magazine to look through for their, like, anniversary, work anniversary. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a plunger in there? Oh, that was my husband. <laughs> yeah, so Jeffrey, uh, when he got five years at the Grand Ole Opry, they give you a little employee gift that you can choose from, like a little gift guide, and it's like a lot of crap, okay? And one of the things in there is a legitimate plunger for your toilet, and I if that's being so discreet and you <laughs> Oh no, I will I will absolutely put them on blast for this because if that is not a slap in the face, happy fifth year working your ass off for us. Here's a plunger <laughs> for your toilet. Thank you, corporate America. Thank you, Ryman Hospitality. If you don't want me to call you out, maybe you should take that out of your gift guide, huh? <laughs> I kind of wanted Jeff to take it. Oh. <laughs> it's either a plunger or a toilet brush, but I'm pretty positive it's a plunger. I just randomly remembered that when you started talking about uh, Lula like wanting a raise, and they and you talked about the pizza party. I was like, wait, wait, doesn't the Grand Ole Opry offer plungers for five <laughs> years of hard work? Yes, Whitney Merritt, you are correct. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, my gosh. Funny. You can't ever. funny. No one can say anything discreet to me because I'll just be like, oh, yeah, that thing. Let me put a big old neon sign over it. And then my mom and my dad are always like, you better watch what you say because you're going to get a lawsuit one day. I'm going to say, well, facts are facts, baby. (laughs) This show is called Spilling the Tea, but I'm a little weenie, and I'll, <laughs> I'll get scared about saying something, and then Liz is like, bam! <laughs> That's <laughs> why, that it. is why you had me join this endeavor. <laughs> yes, exactly. Who do I know that's a big old dummy that'll bust through walls like a Kool-Aid man? Oh, I know. My Beth, my best friend, Beth, Liz. <laughs> my Beth friend, Liz. No, don't ever call me Beth. That's one way to get on 
my not so great side. Just call me Beth. Oh, so we were talking about uh, crimes earlier. Um, I was listening <laughs> yeah, to a I will podcast. Murder. Today. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, just kidding. Um, disclosure: she will not murder. No. Um, what was I? Oh. I was listening to a crime podcast about the girl who went to Belmont. She ended up moving back to her hometown in Memphis and she was killed. Her name was Elizabeth Fletcher. Shut up. Have you not heard that? No. Yeah. She, um, she was part of a wealthy family in Memphis and she went to Belmont for college. So she lived in Nashville for a little bit, but, um, she was a teacher and had two kids, I think. And she was out jogging, and this guy like came up and killed her. Oh my gosh! Like, Can people not something? jog anymore? What the heck? Well, I think they knew that she was part of a wealthy family, and they were going to try to. Wow! I really don't know. I don't know. It seems senseless to me. The man left his shoes at the crime scene. I can't okay. with the idiocracy. I swear. <laughs> if you're going to kill somebody, don't leave your shoes. Okay. Yeah. But if anyone is confused because they've only ever known me as Elizabeth Ent, my maiden name is Fletcher. So, yeah. Oh, do you remember? I had a um, a memory on my Instagram the other day. It was of your wedding day. Wow. What and a, your, what a roller coaster. <laughs> your tag on, was um, Pumpkin Spice Liz or something. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin Spice Liz Tay. <laughs> <laughs> That was creative. Although my new Instagram <laughs> handle, oh no, you listen, is pretty flawless. It's top tier. <laughs> top tier. Everyone loves it. I'm like, all right, I can't totally forgot it. about your pumpkin spice Liz Tay. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I'm basic. Your wedding day was, it just flashed by. It, I remember going yeah. to get coffee. I remember curling your hair. Mm hmm. I remember eating a sandwich in my dress mm -hmm. and that's about it. Yeah. I'm sure that is about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I remember walking in with a big bottle of gin. Okay. That's there it. it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. That no, was, honest, a good <laughs> that was your date. <laughs> All I remember <laughs> what the last thing I remember is I saw you and Jeff's dance, and I was like so hyped. And then I remember going up to Wes, and I said, "You're a liar! You said you were gonna dance with me. You're a liar!" Oh my gosh, West! I and that's him. all I remember. That's funny. I Did know. he end up dancing with you or no? I don't know. I don't recall. West, if you ended up dancing with Whitney, please let us know. <laughs> He's going to be like, no, did you see her that night? She was off a rocker. <laughs> she drank a whole bottle of Glenmore uh, tonic or gin. You were feeling yourself. And ain't no bad thing. We were all feeling ourselves. We, I feel like my wedding was so fun. It was. Here, here's the thing. I woke up the next morning and Shelby, I was laying on the couch in Shelby's apartment. I was about, I was like crying because I was like, what did I do last night? Was I out on the dance floor rolling around showing my underwear? No, that was Did someone I do else. Something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did I knock over the cake? Like I was like, "Oh my god, Whitney." Cuz I didn't I had no intentions of getting that way, but it's all right, girl. So someone went to the bar and got me a huge glass. Wasn't <laughs> my mom? My, 
No, it was not It was West. Oh. Um, he's like, let me go get you a cup. What a ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> he brings me a freaking oh Charlie's looking mother cup for me to drink out of and I'm filling this thing up you can see me in pictures of your wedding in the background just walking around with this big cup I know some of my pictures from the wedding are my favorite because if you put them all together and it's a flip book I can follow you around my wedding It's like apparently where did Lindsay I talk, go? <laughs> apparently I talked to Shelby's mom in the bathroom or something. Did you? I don't know. Listen, uh, I'm, I'm ashamed. The reason why I really thought it was my mom that got you this glass. Do you remember my mom bought 152 bottles of wine for a <laughs> for a wedding that had 75 guests? Okay, <laughs> and. <laughs> Not only that, it was open bar, obviously. Do you know me at all? Okay. And my sister goes up to the bar. And mind you, I, my mom and I can hold our liquor so well. But my sister did not get that gene. And if she has (laughs) half a glass of wine, I wish I was exaggerating when I tell you that she is like, Two sheets to the wind, okay? So that's why when she got up there for her speech, like at the top of the night, she was like, yo, and feeling great. Because my sister's not normally like that. She's very um, military and, yeah, she's very, she's not boring by any means, but she's just serious. Like, she's not like me, Mm -hmm. party in a box, right? She can get there, though, with one glass of wine. But she went up to the bar and they start filling this glass up do, 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 all the way to the top. And um, they said, Laura goes, no, 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 no. I, I only need like half a glass. And they said, well, we were instructed by the mother of the bride to fill up right to the rim of the glasses. <laughs> and she said, okay, well, that's my mom. So fill her on up. <laughs> I love her. No, listen. Okay, so I'm now remembering in one of the in one of the pictures of your wedding, you can see me in the background walking by, and it's a different glass than the one that Wes got me. So I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know how I got that glass. So maybe that was your mom. Probably. I don't know. I literally have no clue, which is pitiful. But hey, but so fun. So fun. So fun. It was great because I had Amanda Hunt, who was another Opry fam member. She was taking care of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everybody else could have a She really time. was. And she helped my parents pack up after my whole wedding. Aww. Like a true champ. And she took stuff back. Like she took the kegs back to the brewery or else we were going to get charged for them. She took those back the next day. Yeah. What? I did not know. Yes, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Amanda Hunt. We love um, so I just thought about this in the partner post. We should, <laughs> we should post some pictures of the wedding. Oh, I would be more than thrilled to. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> I really would. Oh, I'm excited. So funny. Can I post the one of me like doing the selfie with you and on the floor? Yeah, fine. <laughs> I love it. There's one of me dancing and I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. It's so I hate. <laughs> I love all of them so much. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love the pics of me at the buffet line. It's like, suck you. <laughs> yeah, with your plate of food. You were stoked. I was so hungry. Dude, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Good times, good times. Cool. <laughs> now I'm just sitting here reminiscing, but that's about well, it for our s- high priestess oh. of the mother church. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say one last thing about your wedding. So I'm so used to going to weddings where it's like some barbecue weenies in a crock pot, a little sheet cake. <laughs> Yours was the most fancy wedding I've ever been to. Well, thank you. Like I, the decor and everything. Usually it's down at the, the um, like the community hall. You know, they got some bells hung mm-hmm. up and everything. Let me tell no, you. Yours was fancy. Well, for all our listeners, first of all, I was, I was a technical director at the venue. Okay. And since I'm a, such a perfectionist and control freak, I set everything up for my own wedding. And I planned Love. the entire, my entire wedding myself. So it was great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad I was a blasty blast. <laughs> it was. I wish I would not laugh the way I laugh. Why? I, just, I love your like- laugh. I sound like a little witch. <laughs> it's like, I'm always like, <laughs> my pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I saw this person's homecoming um, picture and, huh, okay. Should I end right there? (laughs) (laughs) We want to thank y'all for listening to Spillin' the Tea. Whitney Merritt and Liz Ent are co-hosts and co-producers. The show is edited by Jeff Ent, and the theme song was performed and recorded by Sam Mays, a.k.a. Chumsky. Follow us on Facebook and our Instagram at SpillinTheTea underscore podcast for show updates, partner posts, source material, and contact info for any business inquiries. Be sure to rate us whether you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank y'all again so much for listening, and y'all come back now, you hear? Wow.